Curiosity on Dublin City FM. We're here, we're queer, let's get into it. You are very welcome to Curiosity, the show that puts ear in queer and the yas in yasity. I'm Padraig Wilson-McCarthy here with you until 1pm. Now, you might be wondering, where are the warm, safe and sultry tones of Mr James O'Hagan this week? James has quit. James is no longer going to be part of Curiosity. No, I'm only joking. He simply couldn't withstand being in the shadows of broadcasting legend and he had to take some time off. No, I'm joking. Of course, James is taking some annual leave just because he's coming to the final stages of his Masters. He chose books, I chose looks, and as a man with a fetish for a microphone, I decided the show must go on. But fear not, because I do have producer Megan and Michael on standby, ready to smack that big red button should I need to be taken off air. And we've got a bumper lineup of guests to try and fill James's size 12 kitten heels. Coming up, we'll hear from a Dublin drag queen about her new Christmas album and Patrick Gouleaf where joins us to highlight some safe spaces for queer people in Dublin. But first, I am joined by podcasting legend dance school dropout and of course now a critically acclaimed author can you say critically acclaimed yeah are you i, I am don't know if you are. look at the reviews they also just happen to be one of my nearest and dearest Mr PJ Kirby welcome to hey. Curiosity thank you so much for this trial shift to replace James <laughs> I am ready to prove myself babe it's great to have you here babe I'm loving the studios I they know. are solving the house down booths isn't it gorgeous yeah I love it if you play your cards right now I'll put in a good word and maybe you could record in here and say exactly. your kitchen next week yeah we're moving <laughs> on up in the world it? girls I know you see babe friends in high places that's You'll the most important thing all professional radio presenter I'll I love die. it babe I'm giving fish Matthew I know stunning I'm trying to fill his boots you know yeah quite grand though how's your week been? The week's been gorge. Now, the wind's been kind of homophobic. Sl- slightly. Yeah, I'm growing out the hair and it's flying all over the gap. Yeah, your hair is lovely. <laughs> Why are you laughing? It's, it is giving very much your mother. It looks, yeah, I'm turning into my mam, lads. Great. All I do is complain about my, all I do is talk about my hair and complain about the meat prices in little. But look, what harm, babe? You could be doing a lot worse now than Newell Kirby. Couldn't you? <laughs> I had a great week. I was actually at Lorene the other night on Tuesday night saw... in the Academy. So good. I have never in my life heard live, vo- live vocals like it. She's on, she is an icon, isn't it she? It was insane. And like, Euphoria came on and like, you, you know, when you're hearing something live for the first time, like it was insane. I've often been in a gay bar and I've seen a smoking area clear yeah. when Euphoria comes on, but mm-hmm. it was never like this before. Okay. It was insane. It was in the Academy. It was absolutely brilliant. Met loads of people there. Everyone had the same thing to say. I was with my housemate Darren we did wonder was the academy just after being done up Oh, really? It was a really strong smell. In there. It was poppers. It was poppers. It was poppers. Yeah, it was babe. Definitely poppers. Every queer in Dublin was there except me. I had such FOMO. And then I saw you went live on Instagram. And you know, you usually go live on Instagram when you're after a few drinks. Sure. I was ready for the chaos. I know. And I was doing my sober bit. But you were just leaking the it, Lorraine gig. Yeah, um, I know. Gig. I was. I was. Do you know what I was? I was giving the fans what they deserve, babe. Lorraine, isn't it? Not Lorraine. No, Lorraine. Lorraine. Lorraine and Lorraine. She Look, won't no, mind. Lorraine's a bit like the Lo- girl up the road. Yeah, She's bit, not doing Eurovision. Like it's a bit pedestrian. Yeah, Lorraine. Anyway, you're here to join us for the news and you're going to stay for an interview. Yeah. Will we get into this week's news? Let's get into the news. Okay. This is the Rainbow Roundup. Some of the queer-related stories that caught our eye during the week. So first of all, Miriam Margoyles, you know, 
love her. Margolies? I don't. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Margolies, I think. Margolies. Margolies. Thank you, Megan. Work, Megan. See, this is why we have Megan on standby all the time. Miriam Margolies. Margolies. But if you're from Cork, it's Margolies. Yeah, that's Campbell. Well, yeah, it is, isn't it? Anyway, she was on on Graham Norton last week. I don't know if you saw the show, and she struck up a conversation um, that uh, about pronouns, basically, mm-hmm. right? She spoke about a conversation that she had with a trans actor about gender neutral pronouns. She said it helped her realize how they can make somebody happy. The global icon who I, th- I am obsessed with. Her. Her. She was on the show to discuss her new book Oh Miriam Stories from an Extraordinary Life. Now that kind of sends me a small because I'm like I hate when people like you know put up, like have a memoir out about their life but they're still alive it kind of sends me slightly because I'm like isn't that a bit like no, because expecting I, the end. No but I want someone to write a memoir when they're still there. Like, Yeah I suppose she deserves the recognition. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair enough. Do you know what I mean? I'm going to hear from the horse's mouth. That's true. While she was on the show, she took the opportunity to show her support for the trans and non-binary community. She shared a conversation about pronouns that she had with Australian actor Zoe Zoe Tarakis, who made history as being the first out trans actor to be cast in a key role in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Miriam said that the chat helped her realise that using they, them pronouns can make all the difference to somebody else. And we've got a clip, so have a listen to what she said. I met a wonderful actress in Australia, Zoe Tarakis. She had a discussion with me about it, and she said, what does it matter to you if you can make somebody happy by calling them they instead of he or she? Why not do it? And I thought, that's right. It doesn't matter about grammar. If you can make someone happy and give them a sense of themselves, then do it. It's just amazing for a person of her age, right, to go on national TV and explain it in the most simple of terms. Do you agree? Yeah. Now, I was nervous because I watched the clip, right? Yeah. And at the start <laughs> of the clip, she goes, right, I know you're not supposed to talk about trans issues, but I'm going to talk about it. And then I goes, no, another I was one. like, we're losing another one. But then I was like, well, she came out, but I was so happy. Totally. And I, I, what I loved about it is that she made a point that nobody could argue with and it could, because essentially it was about somebody's happiness. Exactly. And I think quite often... Like, you know, you go home and like, you know, you've got older members in your family, especially at Christmas time, mm-hmm. right? And they use their age as an excuse. Yeah. And for a woman of her age, I'm not sure what she, age she is, right? But for a woman of her age, to, to understand it, to explain it in really simple terms, it just it just goes to prove that nobody really has an excuse. And you can understand why queer people sometimes dread those conversations yeah. with older people because they, they can use it as an excuse. I just thought it was it was It brilliant. was incredible. And it's, de- it's definitely a tool I always use when I'm speaking to mm. like my mom or like my... Yeah. Like that, because they understand it way more. Because, yeah. like, if you get into the um, like the nitty gritty of grammar, obviously, you're like tying yourself into totally. like different conversations. Whereas, like, if you just go, Oh, if you can make someone a bit more comfortable, why not? Why not? You know, so because then they can't turn around and be like, Well, I don't want them to yeah. be comfortable, yeah. you know. From one icon to another, C Matt was also on that, that show. She was absolutely amazing. I know. By I was so pr- why was I proud of her? And I don't I know. even know her. I know, but it doesn't matter because she's one of her own. I yeah. think we're going to see her explode oh, now after that, 100%. and hopefully so. Next story, Ireland has recorded a drop in first-time HIV diagnosis amid rising case numbers, okay? So, like, Mm -hmm. you could kind of think that this is a little bit concerning, but actually, if you read into the data, it is good news, right? A new report from the HSPC revealed that while cases have risen by 68%, there has been a drop of 16% in first-time diagnosis, okay? There, even though there was a surge in in notifications of HIV rising from 527 to 884 when you compare 2019 and 2022 without looking into it properly right that seems like a lot but actually what it is is 
that includes people who've come back to Ireland or moved to Ireland having known that they were positive already. Okay. Okay. So actually, um, it's not a half half as I suppose daunting as we thought as mm-hmm. as the figures might suggest. HIV Ireland Executive Director Stephen O'Hare noted that Ireland's commitment to eliminating first time first time diagnoses by twenty thirty and added, "We are hopeful that increased availability of clinic and community based testing, coupled with new initiatives such as free HIV and SDI self testing services, and the continued rollout of the national prep program, are proving effective contributors to this visible trend." So, first time diagnoses are way down. They're down more than they mm-hmm. were between twenty. 12 and 2018 and of course 2019 so that's good news people are obviously being more active and um, in looking after their sexual health yeah. as well which is so important because I think you know you can be as good as you can be for your physical health right mm-hmm. and your mental health but looking after your, your sexual health is really important you've got a responsibility to look after yourself but also other people as well I think it just goes to show as well when you're scrolling on social media and you see like a clickbaity like statistic that like yeah. would be very worrying and kind yeah. of like alarming that it's easy for you to, to be like oh you need to actually do more research on the subject you know what yeah, I mean yeah exactly and like like overall like it, it is good news and like it's going in the right direction mm. like we have to keep that going now exactly. you know and there are so many wonderful people doing those doing that work in the community mm-hmm. finally before we go and before we finish up the news I have to get this one in right we fueled the rumours on the show a few weeks back and I'm not saying that we had something to do with it but we definitely piled on the pressure <laughs> and the news we've all been waiting for has finally been well all but confirmed the Sun have reported not to mention the Sun but they have reported and I believe them what? Okay? I'm, of course PJ I'm talking about <laughs> the, reuni- the, reuni- the reunited Girls Allowed band that's about to happen oh okay yeah yeah, yeah. you're the, such a Girls Allowed stan I'm such yeah. a stan babe a source has told the publication I won't name them again the girls have come back together as friends to rally around um, the death of Sarah yeah okay it repaired some of the old riffs and put things into perspective suddenly the reunion which seemed totally impossible for so long just felt a totally natural thing to do in Sarah's honour Oh, so they're back, baby. But that's lovely, isn't yeah, it? They've apparently been seen outside, um, some uh, going into like a studio. Yeah, rec- they've recorded new music. I thought they'd just come back and do the hits. They've new music. They've done a video. They're ready to rock and roll. No, less. Um. Cheryl get in the back and let the girls who can actually I sing don't, sing I don't care where they are as long as I'm up the front no but she's going to want to be in the front I'm like get Nadine and Nicola up the front <laughs> leave her up the, babe, they can all the space okay. for them all yeah fair enough there is leave her up there look she's the eye candy I, I guess well <laughs> they're all eye candy in fairness well she can, she's the best dancer but like I'm obsessed babe I can't believe it Twitter went absolutely wild <laughs> right and it was all gay men in their 30s yeah. actually right and it was just it brought me right back I felt like it was the X Factor days again I was that level of excited yeah we're going to have to go obviously it's, well, I'm going to go to every date I'm sure <laughs> so if anyone's listening and they want me, they want to get me in I'm absolutely I'll be absolutely weak well look that's the end of this week's uh, news roundup PJ week uh, thanks for joining me for that I'm obsessed you're going to stick around though I will obviously yeah, yeah. PJ's going to stick around and we're going to have a chat and at the end of the show he's going to test me with this week's mystery bop later on I'll be speaking to an Irish songstress who has her eyes on a Christmas number one but first some music and in honour of this brilliant news that you've just heard it's Girls Aloud and something new on Curiosity. Go girls go 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 we girls gonna take control you boys better no 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 we girls gonna run this show We are still joined by Mr. Patrick Patrick Joseph Jeremiah babe. Patrick Jeremiah Patrick <laughs> Jeremiah Kirby is still in the studio with me PJ I was going to have a chat with you I wanted to have a chat with you I suppose on air 
Okay. And you know what? Because look, we're obviously in a different context here, right? Yeah, and, yeah, and people yeah. are going to know that we're friends anyway because mm-hmm. we're all over each other. <laughs> but um, I suppose it was an opportunity for us to like sit down and have a proper conversation in the context of curiosity. Yeah. Do you know what? I wanted to talk about first of all your your move home. Okay. And then maybe a little bit about like your activism too, because whether I love it or not no I do I love it I love it you are like very much an activist now as well as just being like someone who speaks into a mic for a living okay (laughs) (laughs) so like I suppose like many many like for anyone that doesn't know Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you re- very recently well not very recently but you moved home from London yeah so a year and a half ago um, I moved back from London to Dublin but it was my first time living in Dublin like I, yeah. when I was 20 I moved from Cork to London yeah. so it's my first time living in Dublin and I'm obsessed with it yeah like I I, I, I just think it's lovely to see, I always love people moving home because I was away before as well and when, mm-hmm. when you move home it's lovely to see move, people moving back as well and I, I guess many queer people see London as somewhere that like they want to move to like leaving Ireland and mm-hmm. going somewhere where I, I, they feel safer or they feel better represented and like I know you went because you went to study in dance college but like was that a deciding factor for you when you originally moved to London that like there's better representation or you felt more safe or not really because I wasn't out when I moved so I was in a closet I was 20 and I was like I'm never coming out mm. so I moved over but then I looking back on it now in hindsight it did me the world of good because when I actually moved away then I was like exposed to like this big city there was like queer people everywhere mm. the anonymity of living in the I big city say. like was so freeing and I think it, it really sped up like me coming to terms with my sexuality mm. and coming out like there was a lot of different factors did that but like I do think that if I stayed in Cork it would have t- taken me way longer to come out yeah. so even though it wasn't my like my in my head when I was moving away being like oh my god I can move away and like be myself and like be more open with my sexuality it definitely I'm grateful that I yeah. did do that because um, I came out quicker I think you do I, I guess I suppose in a way like thinking from the perspective of you being 20 and like being in the closet like that an- anonymity is a huge thing isn't it and then also kind of feels like you have that space to just explore without mm. anyone maybe like knocking on your door or being like oh I heard you're doing this or you heard you're doing yeah, that yeah or like even felt. like Oh, like when I did come out then I came out when I was um like 21 like going into 21 and like I'd come out to my friends back home my family back home but then I wasn't wasn't in Cork then to like have people like looking at me in the street yeah. or being like I just flew back to London and so no, no one knew me there yeah so it was I felt like it was like <laughs> not easier it wasn't easier but it was just nice to be like I'm gay and then I just hopped on yeah. the Ryanair flight and I'm back to <laughs> yeah, London you do you know not, what I mean you didn't really have to deal with it yeah like, it was the job, yeah. yeah I get that totally but then on your decision on your decision to return which is what I want to focus on I guess right because mm-hmm. like this is obviously way more current right how difficult was it for you to make the decision to return, like, you know, to Ireland, having left left London and, like, living that, that big gay experience that, like, so many go over and, 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 and I suppose, want to lead, the life mm. that they want to lead. How difficult was it for you to make that decision and to move back? It's so weird because, like, I didn't think I was going to, like, move back to Ireland ever. Like, I was like, oh... Me and Jose, my fella, I was like, we were long distance. He was living in Dublin. But we were always going to be like, oh, let's move somewhere else. Like, let's move yeah. to like Amsterdam or something. Yeah, because I remember you t- talking yeah, about Yeah, and I was like, I don't really see Ireland for me like to move back to. Um, but then lockdown happened. And I think a lot of like, or like the way we thought about stuff changed during lockdown. Mm. Like I was, Context. Yeah, and like, mm. I, like said, I had more time to think about what I value more mm. and stuff like that. And then it didn't really feel like a big decision. It felt like more like a natural progression where I was kind of like, I spent one of the lockdowns in Dublin and I was like, number one, 
I was long distance for like six years. Mm. I was like, it's lovely waking up next to your fella and having yeah. the ride, you know? Yeah. Uh, by rides, I mean, we got on a bike and yeah. drove around the block. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, bike. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it was good for the environment. Anyway, so <laughs> then, like, it was just nice. And then I was also like, I loved living in London. I was living with Kevin, yeah. our friend. And I was like, having a laugh. But I did feel, I was there for 10 years. I was kind of like, it come to the end. I was coming to the end. Of it. I was like, I don't really want to stay in London. I'll, I'll give Dublin a try. And you know, I was living here. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, you know? totally. Can I ask on that though? Do do you find like I know you were away for ten years? Did yeah. you find that the, there was a dramatic change in the Ireland that you left and the Ireland you came back to? So yeah and no. So right on the surface, yeah. So like when I left, like like it was if you were gay like everyone be talking about you yeah. like and I come back then and the kids these days sure they'd be throwing it in your face no I'm joking <laughs> but like you know like it's it's way more like oh like being it's way more um accepting to be gay in like big cities like Dublin mm. and stuff now you know um on the surface and it's like brilliant and it's celebrating it and there was the equality vote and all yeah. this stuff um but then like so when I came back first I was like oh my god Ireland's really after changing and I was really excited but then like underneath the surface there was still loads to do like there was still mm. like loads of attack then I like the first year I was back like there was loads of like queer people being attacked and I was like mm. oh fuck I'm after this is the place I'm moving back to now that was happening kind of all over the world it was happening yeah. in London and it, as and well and unfortunately it still is yeah it? but it kind of it felt closer to home because Ireland is smaller so it felt like on yeah. your doorstep and I, I think as well like what what you what we were what we were seeing is if you are living in Dublin, for example, yeah. and there's someone in within the queer community attacked, and if you don't know them directly, your friend does. Exactly. Somebody whereas, knows somebody. Yeah, whereas in London, if there was someone getting attacked who was queer, like I didn't really know, yeah. they would, didn't know them because totally. it was so big. Totally. So it did feel closer to home. And then also as well, I began to realise, like, I was obviously always aware of this, but like I began to deepen more that like, me as like a white, cis male, gay person, like my rights have like, gr- like been grown like so much over the years in Ireland right um, and I feel way more privileged as that and I feel way more safer as a as a, a white gay man right but like the rest of the community hasn't really you know mm. like for the like the trans community for example yeah. so like I realised like as, as I was like hanging out with my like friends my queer groups I was realising that like oh yeah, I feel much more like open and safer, but like not everyone. Oh, not everyone does. Yeah, I totally so get that. I, I, so in one way, I was like, oh, it's such a different um, Ireland to when I left, but that was like kind of for me. I get you. And I was like, it's not like you. there's still a lot of work to be done. Basically, yeah. what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, totally, totally. Like London is definitely like a gay metropolis, isn't it? Yeah, it is. In, yeah. Way, in ways, and I know, and I know, like it, like Britain isn't the greatest place to live, especially if you're not trans at now at the moment. No, like it's, no, it's like not. you know, and like I think I just yeah, and like and like we we do we do see it as this like really progressive place, but mm. and I know it's not, so I'm not excusing it, but like. His, historically I suppose for as long as we can remember it has been you know more advanced in terms of scene and, yeah. and services it, I don't know if it, if the question is relevant because of the current state of the place but ha, is there anything that we could be learning from London or that we could be doing better over here That if, from your experience I think it's just like a bit like the reason why we fee- see it like that is because it's bigger. So like yeah. there's bigger, it, there's a bigger population there. There's more. Yeah. So there, they have to. And there's more people to support different spaces mm. and stuff. Um, I don't know, like things that we could learn from them. Like, I d- not really. Like the, the one thing I did find really helpful over there is that um, 
there was a really good sexual health centre in Dean Street and they had like really really quick turnaround mm. with like STI tests mm. and all this stuff yeah. and they had like their own pods that you could mm. go into and you could do most of it yourself and you could do it on your lunch break yeah. and you'd get the results like the next day mm. like so I, I'm not sure if that's something that's yeah. set up over here yet yeah. um, well, I, I do think that like we are doing really well like yeah. you know what I mean and, and, and like in terms of of those kind of things like it, we've come on leaps and bounds yeah. I know from from me like I'm a patient in St. Vincent's and I mm-hmm. go regularly even if I'm not very active I would yeah. go very regularly because I think it's very important to have a uh, routine yeah exactly. a routine and like even if it's you, you book it the when you leave the first like leave we'll say your appointment book the next one and just have something regular going be, so that you're you know you're being proactive exactly, in it yeah. and they are the most incredible people I have ever oh, dealt really? with like the nurse that I deal with right I won't name them because obviously um, but like just so sound and like Love has that. often been like I'd walk in and be like there's probably no point in me being here and she's like come on in anyway we'll have a chat how are you getting on oh, and like checks in mentally that. and stuff like that and like that's so lovely and sh- she's often said look if any of your friends ever find themselves in trouble here's my number give that's me a so text lovely. and like those kind of things are and like I'm very grateful for, for those and having those kind of things in Dublin moving on okay Right. For people who have listened to I'm Grandmam, the podcast, um, from the beginning, they will notice that like both you and Kevin have grown so much in different ways. (laughs) Like like it's mad because I actually, I think it was about a year ago, I listened back to the first episode. Don't. It was was when I was coming on with you. It was when I was coming on uh, here, the pod. (laughs) I was listening back and like you have grown so much in different ways as people do over like a considerable period of time because you're at it, what now, three or four years? Yeah, yeah. Something like four or something like one of the areas I notice um, most, though, is like your activism. Like mm-hmm. as a listener, like we've heard you and Kevin, like actually educate yourselves in things on the podcast, yeah. and like you know come to realizations in your own way. Um, and now you're both activists, actually, in your own right. I would say you you both utilize your platform. But do you feel like a pressure as somebody who has a profile now to constantly be advocating, or is it something that you do because you just want to do it? It's weird because like. I don't know. I've always find the term active activist like a bit of a weird one yeah. because I just think everyone kind of everyone who has like everyone who has a voice is an activist. Yeah. You know? I think I think like even sh- like being out is activism yeah. in your own way. Do you know isn't what I mean? You know, like you don't yeah. have to be shouting it from the rooftops. Exactly. But... And like I don't know. Like I never. I never like. I'm never like waking up and like okay now it's time to do my activism you know what I mean let me just brush my teeth <laughs> Babe, do you my, scheduled your post. let me just do my activism <laughs> no it's just basically like I just feel like what I love about the one, the one thing I really love about having a bigger following online and um, being more known is that you do have oh, more? Of course power. you are. No, but Here you we do. Go, no, but you do have more. You have more. Um, you You've have got more, more reach. reach. You have more reach for the stars, baby. Do you know baby. what I mean? Play reach by yeah. se- S Club Seven. S Club Seven. Yeah. Later, um, Megan scrambling. No, she's like, we don't have it. Um, but basically, <laughs> like what I love about it is that like you can draw attention to issues like and quicker with yeah, more totally. people, and as well like the it's especially for people who listen to the podcast. Um, the the demographic is so varied. So yeah. obviously we have loads of queer people listen to yeah. us, but we also have like loads of like middle aged mothers. Yeah. You know what I mean totally. from like the west of totally. Ireland, and like they'd be messaging me, being like, "Oh my god, thank you so much for this episode. I know how to like approach my like queer nephew yeah. now." You know what I mean? Without a doubt. And I think one thing from like being friends with the two of you guys and spending so much time together is like when people do know you and we're out and about. It's sometimes it's the girl's boyfriend will come up and be like, yeah. "I listen to you all the time because." <laughs> Yeah. always is playing it and actually what you said here is and it's helped that person and it's really cute it's actually so isn't it lovely. so like you're doing like massive work there by just being yourselves I mm. guess right um, 
what like not only like you're obviously a huge activist I know you hate the word but like you do speak out for the queer community but you yeah. also speak out for other minority communities as well like mm-hmm. what made, what's your motivation be- behind that like it's basically obviously like like um, things that might need, mightn't actually affect you directly but. yeah but I just think it's like as again like I, as I get older and like learn more I'm coming to terms with the fact that like I'm I'm a really privileged person yeah like physically I'm six foot four so like when I walk and I'm a man so like when I'm walking home from a night out I'm not fearing for my life that I'm going to get attacked because like I can fight people off you know what yeah. I mean obviously if there's those people I'm still going to get attacked yeah. but like it's not I'm not like yeah. a small person yeah. I'm white okay. so that's another pointed pr- point you know? to that maybe <laughs> but I'm white yeah. like I'm you have privilege I have like. a privilege so yeah. like the more I learn about my privilege the more I learn like the people who aren't um, as lucky as me mm. need help from us like to to uh, amplify their voices you know yeah, totally. and I'm just I just try and do that like where I can basically yeah, totally yeah. Um, yeah I agree with you there yeah. and I think you do that really well I've got one more question before you finish up three queer people three queer icons that you'd love to take on a night out who would they be besides me and Kevin Toomey okay I wouldn't invite you anyway but you would uh, you've, no one else, you've, you've no other friends in Dublin no what I would invite Miriam what's how are we pronouncing her surname Margulies Miriam Margulies was actually one of my people I yeah, always want here. Miriam Margulies will be there right yeah. but then I want to mix the vibes right because okay. obviously she is bringing the unhinged kind of rudeness right I'm going to bring my bisexual queen Megan the Stallion <laughs> okay uh, reasoning because I just think her and Miriam would get on do you know what I mean? And she'd, she'd be, be, she'd be pe- pelvic thrusting. And I feel like they'd have a great DMC, and I'll just be like listening. <laughs> and then the third one, just for the cherry on top, because I want her to experience it too. I'll bring Nuala Carby, my mother. Brilliant. And you know what? What a trio it would be. Chinese agents found Roddy. There we go. PJ, it's been a pleasure as always. Always. You're going to stick with us, and you're going to do the mystery bop. Okay. Now we want to be a bop because it's the bop that sends us into the weekend. Don't you worry, babe. It's the best song okay, in the world. Okay, that'll be coming up soon. Yeah. We still have loads coming up in the show. In a short while, we'll be hearing from Patrick Leaf with their guide to safe spaces for the queer community. And up next, I'm chatting to Ariana Grinder about her drag career to date and her new Christmas album. But before that, from one Ariana to another, this is Ariana Grande. No tears left to cry on Curiosity. My next guest needs no introduction. I'm joined by Dublin Drag Race royalty, Miss Ariana Grinder. Ariana, welcome to the show. Do I say Ariana or do I have to use the full title? I think you deserve the title. that's your own business. We can do whatever you want. <laughs> Babe, thanks so much for joining me. I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you, I'm excited to be here. Now, you have, over the last few years, become the most notable queens on the Dublin scene, if I do say so oh. myself. But not many people might know that you're actually musically theatre trained am, am I correct? That's it that was my first mistake I'm only messing <laughs> so yeah it was like I had my first acting dance singing job when I was like nine years of age I was one of those bratty theatre kids being oh like oh my god no way carted around all the pantos the Olympia <laughs> did, like, the yeah this is it do you know what I mean my, my child star days and then I became a drunk and a cross dresser <laughs> thank you no. I love it it's like a natural progression isn't this it? this is it and then I moved over to London I went to D&B we had like this weird like reality show on E4 documenting our college experience Oh my I was god, like, babe, I used to watch that. Yeah, stage school, shout out stage Oh my god, school. were you one of those girls? I was one of those girls. That's yeah. amazing. It was a really fun time. It was like a whole like year of just being filmed all the time and all these random scenes of like 
crossing people on the stairs and having conversations that the producers <laughs> told us to have. I was like a, a real housewife of Bromley. It was fabulous. I love it. So when you were in like musical theatre training, was drag always the goal? No, it was no? never a goal. So I mean, how did drag come up for you so? It was so not a goal that one time we had these college tutorials with the principals and they called me into the office and they were like sweetie darling would you ever try drag and I like I literally burst out of the office I was so offended I was just like yeah I was like such a diva I was like I am way too talented to become a drag queen to end up like a drag queen and I was so upset and like no way and 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 then years later I was like chatting to one of their daughters and I was like will you apologise to your mum for me because this is kind of going really well for me look at you now yeah and then they sent me revolute requests for 20% (laughs) of my wages <laughs> I love it yeah, that was fab they never stop they're never not doing something sure they don't and the rest you know what so I mean? tell us how, how you did get into Drag Soul yeah it was like a Halloween party I was a Halloween I was working for a tour guide um, it was Paddy Wagon Paddy Wagon Tours oh my god no issue yeah. Paddy Wagon Tours Thing no it's fun well, yeah, well this is it you want to send me a free tour but to be fair so I sent my mum and dad on a little overnight Paddy Wagon tour um, to Belfast so I could have a gaff party Brilliant. And it was a Halloween. My birthday is a Halloween every year. So I was just like, it's so weird. My birthday's at the same time every year. <laughs> I hate when that happens. Do you know what I mean? So I had a Halloween party and I dressed up as Ariana Grande because, and I get like, I feel sick every single year when I get the Snapchat memories because at the time, of course, I thought I was the most glamorous woman in the world. Yeah. But when you see the Snapchat, uh, when you see the receipts. I know, babe. That was a lie. Yeah. Um, but I had a party. <laughs> I dressed up as Ariana Grande and the rest was her street. I remember my sister saying to me, oh my God, um, why are you so nice? You're in, why are you yeah. so nice all of a sudden? And really? she was just like, oh, she just noticed the difference to me at drag. Like she was yeah. just like, oh, you're, you're actually like enjoying yourself. You you're happier. Mm. That's amazing. And then you did Queens of Captivity. If anyone was if anyone was oh. doing anything in lockdown, they were watching Queens of Captivity. It was my the only the highlight of my week. And I actually remember you was your final performance was it wicked? Was it? <laughs> it was. Thanks yeah. for voting, everyone. That, was, like, that like, money went like, on. For anyone who Jeff hasn't Bezos. seen it, it was it was Ariana Grinder in her. I'm assuming your bedroom at home, and there was but you'd gone full production, hadn't you? Absolutely. And dear. dead right, babe. I was up on a little corner unit with um, a black long black dress the size of a football field that I sewed myself but I say I sewed it myself it was cable tied there I were four super it. king sheets from Ikea that I uh, cable tied together but I tell everyone <laughs> I sewed it like it's my first garment um, of course but yeah, the lies we tell ourselves I know um, but yeah no, it was really fab and I had like my mom and dad and my friends at the end like like pulling it up and down it and was, we had a fog machine it was, it was giving full production like a, you know Adina Menzel phone rotting and the rest um, you have uh, your debut album debut album coming out soon am I correct? I do it's coming out on the 24th of November it's called Queen of Christmas you can pre-save it now and if you pre-save it now you can get all these little goodies on release day like I'm doing a, a diva of a Dublin diva drag roast I did one last year so it's basically me on camera like reading all of my favourite drag queens can I do one for you now? Oh my god yes please There's a little exclusive this is a little joke on it right so Davina Divine I had a wet dream about you last night yeah, you got a bang of a car and I wet myself laughing. Oh my God. So it's a lot of that about all my favourite drag queens. I love it. Saying some really funny things, kind of bitching about like things that may or may not have transpired that we yeah. all talk about. Yeah. Um, I'm just making a few jokes about it and yeah. at the same time getting a lot of pre-saves. I love it. It worked last you know what? time. It's a great idea, babe. You, like, you're thinking up there as well, like in fairness. Listen, I'm having the businesswoman so, special. So it's it's a Christmas album. It's a Christmas album. Well, I, it's a bit it's a bit gauche calling the Queen of Christmas when obviously Mariah Carey is the Christmas Queen of Christmas but there's I, someone ready to take our title well this might is as the well I wanted to be like the Princess Diana at Christmas yeah I get you uh, but like even it, better again it didn't have the same ring when I was submitting the album title to Spotify 
I get you. I get you. So, so you, you just, went with the Queen of Christmas I instead. And, and rightfully so, babe. Well, I think listen. I think it's fitting for sure. Did well, you write the music yourself? I did. So there's seven songs on there. I wrote six of the songs. The other song was written by Trixie Mattel. You may have heard of oh her. Oh my god, it's, really? Yeah, it's called All I Want for Christmas Is Nudes. It's oh, yes. like a it's a parody of All I Want for Christmas Is You. Love I did it. like a poppy kind of fun version of that. Brilliant. Brilliant. And will we be getting will we get getting visuals or will we be like oh, on to Absolutely. I so I I had a short film that I brought out last year called I Know Who You Did Last Christmas. Brilliant. And it's like a festive comedy slasher. So we're doing a sequel to that. I've been like teasing it all year. Yeah. So I'm gonna be filming it in Panty Bar. It's gonna be like a it's kinda of like a, a parody of Scream. But it's like me um, just like killing people around yeah, Panty Bar and well, stuff. <laughs> and then it's a music video. I'm playing all these characters. I'm playing like Wednesday. I'm playing Weird Barbie. Um, <laughs> it sounds other. like sensory overload, but also I can't wait to see it. And the rest. Yeah, of Listen. course. Speaking of Panty, we know you're a regular in Panty. You're all, you're often seen taking the decks in Panty. Yeah. And and um, I suppose providing the tunes. Um, but other than that, do you want to tell people where they can come and see you, what you've got coming up? I know there's probably loads, especially with the build up to Christmas. Absolutely. I am playing the... Evil Queen in the Christmas patch vibe Snow White at the Red Cow with Dave Stuffy this year I am so excited oh yes I am <laughs> oh yes I am oh it's, no you're not oh I absolutely am he's behind you oh, I, I, I wish he was I can't believe I nearly dropped an F-bomb at the end of the interview I made it you could take the girl out of town. don't worry about it babe don't oh, worry Megan, Megan's God. sweating in, in the other room but like I'm that's sure fine she, leave her especially lose four she... stone editing this I love it listen Ariana's debut album Queen of Christmas is out on the 24th of November am I correct? That's the one and you can listen to it on Spotify Ariana best of luck with it babe thank you for having me and best me. of luck with the panto thank you everyone better get to see it oh yes they will oh yeah it's nearly sold out so get your tickets now excellent Ariana thanks for joining me happy Christmas Within the community, something which I think comes up again and again is the lack of dedicated queer spaces or indeed a lack of knowledge around spaces where people can go to meet other queer people, particularly for those people who might have just like moved from another country and might be feeling isolated and lonely and at a loss as to how they might integrate into the scene, I guess. Um, here to talk uh, to us about queer spaces where our community can socialise and feel safe in confidence is Patrick Galeef. Uh, Patrick, it's been a long time coming. You're very welcome to Curiosity. Thanks for coming on with us. I'm very excited to be yeah, here. Yeah, we've been waiting. We've been waiting for the right moment to get you on. I know that's it's meant to be. I guess. <laughs> yeah, totally. So as I was saying, um, I think something that people struggle with a lot, um, particularly if they've come from a country where they are, if they've moved here and they're new and they don't have any friends, for queer people especially, it can be quite difficult and it can be quite isolating. I recently, this guy reached out to me um, after we just started the show actually, after we started Curiosity and he explained that he'd moved from another country and that he was finding it really difficult to make friends. He was mm. like, I can meet people but like it's not always in a friend's capacity and he was like, I find like the only place for me to go is a bar. Are to go on grinder, and he he was like, I'm finding it really isolating. He was like, I'm not stuck for company, but he's like, it's not the same connection that I actually want. I and know. I was like, actually, it is true. Like you know, it is very easy for me who like has you know, I'm very fortunate to have queer friends to go to a bar and socialize with people. Mm. But that's not everyone's scene, I guess. So like, I suppose in your experience, like you know, have you felt the same? 
Oh, I 100% agree with him. I think Ireland has a, a little problem because the queer community is very small. Mm. And it's particularly small um, in Dublin com- in compared to other European cities. Yeah. But the problem is, is that it's so small, it's close-knit, it's hard to kind of break in into something that's already established mm. within certain people or groups. So I notice a lot when I, I only started really going out in the scene back in April. Really? I was actually very intimidated going into queer spaces because of non- my non-binary identity. I sure. felt like a lot of gay men put me in this box where they didn't even see me as um, someone that is fellowly queer. Yeah. They associated with me being a woman more than anything else, okay. which I found quite actually shocking sometimes. It, that's disgusting. It's it's kind of, it's actually an upsetting thing because it, I get the question, a lot of gay men, gay men approaching me, not even asking me, how are you? They just ask, are, are you trans? That's the first straight thing, up. The straight up. And I'm kind of looking at them being like, okay. As if, as if that is the, the only thing to your personality, I think, I yeah, it's a, it's a very disappointing kind of uh, connection to make with the queer community, especially if someone's coming in there wanting to find people that they can relate to in, in a space where they think that, oh, you know, you don't have to explain yourself, but then yeah. behold, you're yeah. given a question that you have to explain your identity to someone. Yeah. So it's, it's actually a very a tough thing. And I feel for this person because... For a long time, I felt like I couldn't actually go in. But then you kind of realize that the more and more you actually place yourself in, the more and more people actually will recognize who sure. you are. Because it's it's something that you and yourself have to find that power to do, to break away. And that's a lot to expect from someone. 100%. You know? Like, I think you're absolutely dead, dead right. I think as well. And like, coming from someone who identifies as being a gay man, a lot of the dedicated spaces in Dublin are... All came in. You Pretty know what much, I mean? Yeah. So I, I can, so like for me, like, you know, I can walk in there and not feel um, in the minority, do you know? Yeah. Coming from a, a group that is the minority anyway, but but like going in there, I can feel like I suppose I'm in the majority. So it must be quite daunting for someone like yourself um, or for other members who, who might, or other people who might identify as being non-binary or trans and stuff to, to, to do it, that. It's kind of funny because like I came out as a gay man at 14. 14 I was 14 when I came out and it's kind of sitting there being like you're you know I have that identity it's Mm -hmm. a part of me like Mm -hmm. being non-binary doesn't remove that identity from me it's just a part of it it's a layer almost but for some reason gay men associate that non-binary status with the trans umbrella which I kind of feel like that's a very very unfortunate thing because it's completely different you know and you're kind of sitting there being like maybe do some more research but I don't expect you to do research if you can't read a book for yourself (laughs) so you know I, I don't really expect men to read that much yeah, okay no so. honestly and don't either because you look you're never going to change them. that's, <laughs> no, that's, that's the, the unfortunate thing gay or straight men they're all the same reality but um uh, totally I, I you know i give them the benefit of the doubt there and i throw bones so that's yeah. it so um <laughs> i love it i think sometimes when i go in there and going into a space now i really don't care i yeah. honestly don't and i think a lot of people now notice that i yeah. don't care and now i've been called intimidating which is a very funny now established Do you know what? So anything for you. feminine that has a voice oh who yeah knew? yeah no i get Power you i get women. you and you know what keep doing you because if that's the only way that you're going to break that you know that cycle or that mold you know maybe yeah. sometimes these people who are narrow minded and it's do you know what the thing about it is that annoys me i was going to say something else that annoys me the most about it is a lot of us you know, I would say 90% of us experience, mm. you know, this, I, I guess, 
internalised homophobia growing up because you don't want to be gay and then for us to go into a space like that and to make somebody else feel yeah. like discriminated against is like it's just ridiculous like it, it and it, there's no need for it as such totally. in terms of spaces then for you mm. was there a space is there particular spaces that you found were like more accepting or that, um, that you found it easier to, to socialise I know it's, it's, a, it's a stretch but I, I will say the George is actually a great space space to mm. actually communicate with people. It is, yeah. it is a really good space. And you're going to find a lot of people there, especially each day of the week. Yeah. You're going to find a yeah. lot of differences. And it's, I think it's becoming more of like a hub almost now mm. um, for people to meet and gather. I think it's very good. But there are actual niche spaces that are really emerging in Dublin. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, I know a, a girl, her name is Meg Bergen. She established Sarah Space, which originally she wanted to make a space for women and non-binary people to have a space for themselves to just commune yeah. and feel okay. Yeah. But then she decided, what if there was a nightclub without the hassle of unwanted attention yeah. from men? So she established Girls Room, which is in Workman's Cellar, and it's for only women and non-binary people to go Amazing. in. And I've been to it. It is absolutely fantastic. It's on, she has it every couple of months yeah. but it's so cool how she markets it she, like women and non-binary people come out with pink palliclavas and say we're taking over I'm obsessed it's so yeah. phenomenal Yeah, and the dancing like you see so many like especially girls women and mm. like non-binary people just gather and actually feel yeah. comfortable Yeah, and like look there can be lots be said about the George and like bars and stuff like that Um. And we're very fortunate to have one because, like, mm. very recently we saw that like the only dedicated queer bar in Cork was was essentially, I suppose, oh. straightized. I don't know what what you would I say. I think but it was straight wash. Yeah, yeah, it was straight wash, straight wash, yeah. totally. And and we don't like we. I say we because I, I, I'm from there. We don't have one like that anymore, and and it is a huge loss as a society. But like for people who don't, I suppose want to go to bars and stuff there are some other options I know that Outhouse Dublin they run loads of events yeah. um, and even in Galway there's a mock a mock is a if you go onto the website actually they've got really brilliant social groups mm. um, and the front runners actually have you heard of the Dublin front runners I have yes and they've got Cork front runners and there's there's front runners all over the country and Cork has their own version yeah there is yeah and actually there's one all, they're, they're, they're almost in like all major cities yeah. uh, all over the place now so like if you're a member so it's a running club essentially and mm. it's, it's for absolutely anybody and if and if you want to take part in that club that's totally fine and then if you go abroad and you want to drop in on a training session we'll say in I don't know London or mm. in New York they've got a club there and you can just go along or if there's someone from another country and they come over here and they remember they can also take part uh, there's also like an important thing that to take note that Tanny does a lot of um, kind of clothes swapping Oh really? Events. Okay. Yeah, they do it a lot. Where especially if someone cannot afford the gender that they want to be assigned to, wow. the clothing that they do, they do um, clothes swapping. So for trans people that are looking to get clothes, Tenny does really nice events. I think they do it in Workmen's as well. I'm not entirely sure though if they're going to do it now, but they they were doing it a couple of months ago, and it's actually really really sweet. That's I, I see. I suppose like you think you're so educated in it mm. but because I suppose I don't it's not a lived experience for me I don't first of all know the struggle at all mm. but then didn't even realise that, that there was something so simple like that set up to support people mm. in the community like that is so lovely isn't there's it there's a lot of niche things that are happening in Dublin that I'm really excited about um, just recently I think it was in October they did the first official ball 
in Dublin. So like they did. So if anyone's not familiar with the ballroom scene in yeah. in New York, uh, yeah. Latinx and Black people, uh, particularly African Americans and Latinx people, they got together and established the ballroom scene, official houses of tr- established mainly yeah. by trans women. Yeah. The, the trans women pioneered this. And what they did was is that because they couldn't be accepted in mainstream society, they created the ballroom scene, underground, kind of small little mm. dingy place, mm. but made it the most extravagant thing yeah, that you can imagine. They're amazing. Competing for trophies. So Dublin did their own version of that and it was for black and queer um any sorts of identities to kind of get together. Love that. And it was incredible. We can really um focus on the negative an awful lot and like we can, you know, because it's so in the media all the time. You hear about like you know all of the the horrific things that are happening within the community, you know. Mm. But it is a li- there's a little glimmer there when you hear that behind the scenes there are so many lovely things that are happening, and there are people out there who are working their back off mm-hmm. to just you know do little things like this that are going to make people's life within the community a little bit better, isn't it? Yeah. It- it, it's it's because it's really hard to hear stories, especially about Chambers. I yeah. remember watching uh, Crystal Queer's um, really, really yeah. heartbreaking um, post yeah. uh, on social media. And, you know, when she was talking about hate crimes rising as well, like mm. that really hit deep because it does it does affect like the the struggle and also does affect the willpower to keep going because yeah. you hear those stories and you're like, oh, my God, is it yeah. worth it? Are yeah. people still not learning? Yeah. And you're sitting there hearing that, oh, something's being straight washed to cater to a stupid yeah. freshers week. Yeah, and you're totally. like, you're kind of sitting there. What is the point of yeah, that? You yeah. know, it kind of feels for people that um, all the work that they're doing, there's nothing actually. They're not achieving anything from it. But actually, when you look at it, like, you know, people are coming out younger. If Even if that, that right. you know I mean? in Ireland, especially like people are coming out in their teens now rather than their, in their 20s. Mm. And that's because there are people on the ground doing the work and being represented representatives far for the younger generation. I was actually I pride this year I couldn't believe it I was in Marion Square Park and I just saw two 13 year olds like holding and I'm like <laughs> I know oh my god I, that's I, actually I, so beautiful I've never felt so old in my <laughs> life listen Patrick thank you so much for coming on it's been an absolute pleasure you'll have to come on and speak to us again won't you definitely I, I think love it a regular feature Megan <laughs> do you reckon thanks a million Patrick thank you and that is all the time we have for this week's Curiosity. Thank you very much to all our guests for popping on today and trying trying their hardest to fit in for Mr. O'Hagan. And of course, thank you to producer Megan and Michael for keeping me ticking over, keeping me on time and hovering over that red button. If you want to reach out to the show, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us by emailing curiosity at Dublin City FM or check out our Instagram. We've got an Instagram page now. I'm flat out on the Instagram page. You, you can actually follow all the lovely... Like, Honey, it's a great idea. Mm. You can, yeah, the ones that you wouldn't follow on oh, your own, hey. off your own pro. No, oh, joking. It's at Curiosity Radio. My own Instagram is Podrick underscore WMC if you want to come over and give me some clout. And I suppose I better plug James. James's Instagram handle is James O underscore Hagen. Go over and send him a little well wish for his little exams. I don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't know it. Education isn't my thing. And my Instagram is at PJ <laughs> oh. full stop. Kirby, K-I-R-B-Y. I forgot about you. Thanks, I'm girls. so sorry. As you can hear, PJ is still here staring at me. And before we go, we just have enough time for PJ to test me on this week's mystery bop. PJ, 
I'm now, this. I told you now, babe. What? You have such a weight on your shoulders. This is the biggest responsibility of the whole show. Because I'm telling you, this is the best song that's ever been written. So. You're, you're setting the tone for everyone's yeah. weekend now here, babe. So you can hit me with your so, first clue. girls, I hope you're sitting down for this because it's the best song you're ever going to hear in <laughs> your life. Dancing, babe. No, it's not. It's not anything that people don't know. All right. I'm going to start with the vaguer clues. Yeah, go on. And then get, okay. Yeah. So, the, one of the people in this band. Okay, band. Um, looks kind of like Anne Doyle. So, okay. Right. Kind of like Anne Doyle as a yeah. newsreader. Okay, so you're giving, she's given like um, blonde Bob. Yeah, kind, no, not like a Bob, but she's okay. given the blonde. Okay, grand, right. As in like, if, if, if I like spun around really fast. Okay. And Is it the and, Saturdays? No. Okay. Um, okay, next, next clue. Go for the next clue. They have a, a film where all the songs in it are theirs. Like I should know this. Okay, right. You're going to get the last one. Okay, right. So they, we know a second. It's a. It's a. Is it a girl band? Well, you can't ask me questions. Oh yeah, sorry. I can really. Can I? You can do okay, whatever I want. It's not a girl band. It's not a girl band. It's not a girl band. Okay, so it's a. It's a band that includes all genders. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is it S Club? No. Okay. How many guesses do you get now? It doesn't matter. Okay. I make the rules. Are you ready for the third one? Yeah, go on. Okay. The the band won the Eurovision in 1974. ABBA Yeah Okay Now what about the song Okay now, uh, do, do I just have to guess the song Do you have to guess the song Is it Dancing Queen No But mo- kind Is of that Is it Gimme Gimme More No Is it Voulez Vous Yeah <laughs> What Oi. a banger babe, babe Voulez Vous See I knew that you'd, you'd Look Mission yeah. complete There's like. crack in the song Yeah just there's crack in the song Well that's all we have left For this week's show Thanks so much for listening Have a fantastic week We'll be back again At the same time Same place next week But now Playing us out Into the rest of our Saturday And setting us up For our Saturday night It's ABBA And Voulez-vous And Curiosity. Woo!